let us now read together what we confess in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 11. There we have God's word summarized as follows. Why is the Son of God called Jesus, that is, Savior? Because he saves us from all sins. And because salvation is not to be sought or found in anyone else. Do those who seek their salvation or well-being in saints, in themselves, or anywhere else, also believe in the only Savior, Jesus? No. Though they boast of him in words, they in fact deny the only Savior, Jesus. For one of two things must be true. Either Jesus is not a complete Savior, or those who by true faith accept this Savior must find in him all that is necessary for their salvation. After the sermon, we will sing from Psalm 89, stanzas 2 and 12. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, what is one of the first things you do when after a baby is born? Well, then you give the baby a name. Most couples pick a name already before the baby is born. Usually they will pick two names. One name for when it is a boy and another for when it is a girl. And no doubt that's also what the Vandenhags did as the birth of Devon became imminent. A baby has to have a name. A name is very important. For when you give a child a name, then you distinguish him or her from everybody else. That name is unique to that child. When you speak about that name, then you speak about that child. The name identifies the child, who that child is when he was born, what his characteristics are, what his history is. The name brings to mind everything that refers to just that specific child. The parents of the Lord Jesus Christ did not have to concern themselves with the naming of their child. They knew beforehand what his name would be. They even knew, without the aid of ultrasound, that their child would be a male child. For that is what the angel Gabriel had already told them long before the actual birth. That name would identify who he is and what he would do. And that name also carried a certain history, a very important history. As a matter of fact, with that name, the history of the whole world indeed of all creation from the beginning to its end would be tied to it. The birth of a child is always an occasion of joy. It is a joy not only to the parents but also to others. This world loves newborn babies. A mother who has a baby in her arms in a public place will right away attract attention. People will want to look at the baby and touch it. And they will even become childlike themselves and make funny noises 
just to get the baby's attention. Do you know why that is? That's because babies remind us of the innocence of life, of purity, and of hope. They're delighted to be in the presence of a little baby. And there was great joy, especially concerning that baby that was born in the town of Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. Or at least there should have been. For his birth was anticipated a lot longer than any other baby. The birth of that baby was anticipated already right after the fall into sin. And so for thousands of years... All of God's Old Testament covenant people looked forward to the birth of that child. And that was also the case during the days of Zechariah. If there's one thing that the people of that day craved, it was the birth of that child. For if there is one child that would give them hope and joy, it would be him. There was so much expected of that child, and they all put their hope in him. But for most of them, it was a misplaced hope. That is because the majority of them did not understand the significance of that child. And that is why when he did come, there was no great rejoicing in the streets. There was rejoicing in heaven, but not in the streets. People barely noticed his birth. Their hope was misplaced. They did not know that child. They did not understand the significance of that name. And that is the case today as well. Today people take that baby's name upon their lips whenever something goes wrong. They call upon the name of Jesus. And they also sing about him, especially at this time of the year, during the days leading up to Christmas. We hear the songs on the airwaves and in large shopping malls. People are excited as they celebrate the birth of Jesus. But that does not mean that they understand the significance of that name. Although they take his name upon their lips and even celebrate his birth, they have no idea what that name stands for. On the contrary, they do not really know him at all. They don't understand his past, his presence, or his future. The Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 11 teaches us the significance of his name. It tells us that there is no other name by which we can be saved. And that's also the theme for this afternoon's worship service. Only in the name of Jesus can you be saved. That's the theme. And he saves us, as we will see in the first place, as priest, and in the second place, as king. The parents are told to name the baby Jesus. The name Jesus is a Greek version of the Old Testament name, the Hebrew name, Joshua. In Israel, there are lots of other babies who had that same name. There were lots of little Joshuas running around. It was a common name. It's interesting, however, that his name is not a royal name. You will not find that name in the genealogy of the royal house of David. No king had ever been called Joshua or Jesus. And yet the angel said to Mary that the baby to be born would sit on the throne of his father David. When a royal child is born, 
Then the parents look at all the names of his predecessors and choose from among them. But that's not the case here. An ordinary name is given to him. However, it is a name that is commonly found in the priestly class. That is also the name of the high priest that we read about together in Zechariah. And there we read that Zechariah is commanded by the Lord God to make a crown and set it on the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak. Mary's child is also going to carry that name. And that is an indication to Mary that her child is not only going to be king, but also priest. And so something quite out of the ordinary is going to occur. For in the Old Testament, the priest could never be a king at the same time. And those two offices were mutually exclusive. And that is why King Isaiah was smitten with leprosy when he acted as a priest by offering up incense to the Lord in the temple. We read that in 2 Chronicles 26 for 19. And yet Mary's baby is going to be both king and priest. And so that is of great significance. It shows the great uniqueness of that child. Something quite out of the ordinary is going to happen at the time of his birth. And not only was the royal house of David going to be restored and fulfilled, but also the priesthood. Also the priesthood would be honored in this way. Also the priesthood would be fulfilled in this way. And those two offices would be combined in the one person. The priesthood is very important. And that is clear from the passage we read in Zechariah. The passage refers to a very difficult time in the history of God's people. The exiles were just beginning to return to their homeland. Jerusalem lies in ruins, but that's not the worst of it. There is no temple either. The temple had been destroyed. And the temple served as an important symbol of the presence of God in their midst. And that is where the priests would bring their sacrifices and where they would atone for their sins. And that is where God dwells in the Holy of Holies. The people knew why they were sent into exile in the first place. It was because their forefathers no longer served the Lord. The Lord was angry with them because of their sins, because they went after the idols of the other heathen nations. The Lord God no longer had the central place in their lives. Oh, sure, before the exile, when the temple was still in place, they would regularly bring sacrifices there. But they only adhered to the outward trappings of the temple. In reality, they took the temple and everything that it stood for for granted. In their hearts, they placed God on the back burner. They thought that they needed him only during times of crises. For the rest, all they did was, play, it was pay lip service to him. As long as they kept the rules and did what was outwardly required of them, they thought they would be all right. They didn't serve him with their hearts. That was then, before the exile. 
But now a remnant of those people who had been exiled returned. And they are sorry for the sins of their fathers and for their own sins. And so if there's one thing that they needed at this time, it was to know that everything is well again between God and them. And they wanted to know that God once again would dwell in their midst. And so they were anxious to have the temple rebuilt. That had to have priority. The building of Jerusalem could wait. Even the building of a palace for the king could wait. But it was necessary to build a palace for God. Wherein Joshua, who was of the seed of Aaron, could perform his work of atonement. Where sins could be forgiven and where people could once again learn that if things are not well between you and God, things can never be well with the country either or in their personal lives for that matter. The temple, the temple is symbolic of the presence of God. And that is why the Lord God wanted that temple to be built again. There the animals could be slaughtered and blood could flow. There the seriousness of sin would once again be, would once again symbolize in those sacrifices. That symbol was necessary to remind the people that God does not tolerate sin to remind the people that they need to humble themselves before him if they want everything to be well between him and them. To remind the people that they are on this earth only by the grace of God and that they are totally dependent on him. And to remind them of that in the midst of difficult circumstances. But the people also had to be reminded that the sacrifices themselves could not take away their sins. The temple service all pointed to the one high priest, to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is called the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. In other words, his priesthood is not restricted to descendants of Aaron, but has his own unique genealogy. He would be the son of God. He is not just a man, but God himself. His genealogy pointed on his father's side to God in heaven. It is that claim that the people have difficulty with. They had that during the time that he was on earth and also after that time as well. Time and again, the Pharisees tell the Lord Jesus that he blasphemes by making himself equal to God. They do not want to accept him as God. They reject him, and so do the Israelites. They do not understand the true significance of that name. They do not understand the history. They do not acknowledge the genealogy. The angel told Mary that the Holy Spirit will come upon her and that the power of the Most High will overshadow her. In other words, that child would be born of God. He would be, in essence, the same as God. For he would be both God and man. It is that claim that the people do not want to accept. And that's also the case today. We are in the midst of Christmas celebrations. But what does the world around us worship? A child in a manger. Nothing more. A special child, mind you, but not so special that he could make the claim as God. And why not? Why do they not want to claim him as God? Well, because in reality, they want nothing to do with him. 
The people of this world want to continue to live in their sins. Leave me alone. I'll do whatever I want. Don't tell me that it's a sin to commit adultery. Don't tell me that it is a sin to abort a baby. Don't tell me that it is a sin when you put your own interests above the interests of others. That's the attitude of the world. And because of that attitude, they do not want to acknowledge that they need a God in heaven for the forgiveness of their sins. For they do not want to acknowledge their sins. They do not want to acknowledge that Jesus is the only one who can save them and this whole world. They do not want to believe in a God whom you must serve and honor. They want to be independent from him. They do not want to acknowledge him as the one who provides everything for them. They do not want to acknowledge that Jesus is the only one who can save them from their sins. They want to take care of their own affairs. They do not want to believe that God is in control of all things. And that is why the people of the world are full of anxiety during the difficult economic and political times. They want to fix things on their own. It's easy for us to fall into that trap as well, to be anxious and full of despair and to minimize our own sins, acting that they don't matter. But what is the significance of the name Jesus? The significance of that name is that he saves. As it says in Acts 4 verse 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Note well that in the prophecy of Zechariah, the priest's name is also the branch. Whenever the name branch is used, then it refers to the branch of David. It refers to that royal house. Think about what it says in Isaiah 11 verse 1. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. And in Jeremiah 33 verse 15, In those days and at that time I will make a righteous branch sprout forth from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. The Old Testament believers knew that this branch referred to the Messiah. And that is why you will also note that in this passage, the word branch is capitalized. It refers to the Lord Jesus. But that is also the name used of that high priest, Joshua. It refers to the one and the same person. It is it refers to the Lord Jesus later on and not after him because he is a priest according to Aaron, but because he is a priest according to the order of Melchizedek, who is at the same time also king. And that makes him unique. He wears the crown of a king while at the same time he is a high priest. And that is made all the more clear from the crown that he is going to wear. Only kings wear crowns, not high priests. Priests always wore a turban on their heads. And so the crown meant for the high priest shows his uniqueness. And that high priest is also king. That crown was supposed to be given to Joshua, the high priest, during the time of Zechariah. However, it was not meant for him to wear, 
but as it says in verse 14, to be used as a memorial in the temple of the Lord. That crown, therefore, points to the Lord Jesus Christ. No doubt when the Lord Jesus went to the temple as a boy of 12 years old, he would have seen that crown hanging there. That crown was meant for him. It was given as a reminder to everyone that there would not only always be a high priest who would intercede for the people, but also that there would always be a king on the throne of David who would protect and rule his people. And that king and that high priest is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Catechism says that salvation is not to be sought or found in anyone else. The Catechism writes this over against the Roman Catholics who believe that they must earn their salvation through the good works that they do. They give man a role in their salvation. Brothers and sisters, how they have impoverished God's word. The unrepentant Jews did the same. Time and again they had to be confronted with the fact that they have nothing to offer God for their salvation. Look at how Paul had to fight against that throughout his ministry. It is a sin that has plagued man ever ever since the fall into sin. Man, according to his fallen nature, wants to have some of the credit. He wants to have a role in God's creation apart from God. And that's impossible. It's blasphemous even. When we confess the Lord Jesus as our Savior, then we also confess him as our king. And what does a king do? A good king protects his citizens from their enemies. When the enemy threatens the safety and well-being of the citizens of the kingdom, then the king will send his army to drive them out and destroy them. And a good king also has the well-being of his citizens in mind. He provides a good economic climate for them in which they can do business and in which to have a peaceful life. That's what an earthly king does. But now what do you think our heavenly king does? Do you know what the Lord Jesus does? Well, he will protect you. He defeats your enemies. As a matter of fact, that is the other reason why he was given a crown. It is not just a crown of a king, but it's a crown of victory. For he has won the victory over the evil one. And that is why the baby Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He was not just all innocence and purity. He was much more than that. He came with the power of God. He came as God to defeat Satan and all those who belong to him. He came to give peace in our lives, to give us stability. That's his role as king. And so, does that heavenly king also rule your hearts, brothers and sisters? And does he rule your wallet as well? How scared are you right now because of the economic and political turmoil? Are you thinking of all kinds of human ways to get out of financial troubles? Well, it's a good thing to be good stewards of your possessions. But first of all, know that your wallet, your possessions, indeed that your whole life does not depend on man or on the institutions of man or that it depends on your own abilities, but that they all depend on God. The Lord Jesus is a complete Savior. As the Catechism says, those who by a true faith accept this Savior 
must find in him all that is necessary for their salvation. Let that sink in. All that is necessary for your salvation is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus rules, and so let him rule. He is your king, and he is also your high priest. And as such, he is there to intercede for you as well, for he has offered himself as a sacrifice for your sins. That's the wonderful content of that name. That is what the name of Jesus stands for. Know what that significance, the great significance of that name is, and live out of that knowledge. Live out of the knowledge that salvation is not to be sought or found in anyone else. He is the only Savior. He is your Savior. Amen.